Hi, this is Captain Bill Pike, Deputy Editor of Power and Motor Yacht Magazine and Outboard Magazine. And uh, not to get too down in the dumps right off the bat, uh, I'd like to talk about stress for just a bit. You gotta admit, for one reason or another, the past several months have been uh, rather stressful. So, some while back, I was thinking about this, and uh, sort of in light of a former lifetime of mine, years in the commercial seafaring business. And you know, I got a confession to make. Maybe it's hard to believe, but back then, when I was living on my little sailboat in St. Pete, Florida, traveling around the world on oil field boats and ocean-going tugs, I had this big major league problem with stress. I used to actually, I used to think I was the king of stress. I mean, I might have a couple of weeks off, hang out with my friends at the marina, and that was just wonderful. But then I'd have to go back to work, and most of the time that meant going away for a while. One time, uh, as a matter of fact, I left the marina I lived in, and I didn't come back for a whole freaking six months. Which is not to say I didn't love my job. I truly enjoyed working at sea. I really did. But when it came time to go back to work, that was a problem. About three days before it was time to hit the trail, I'd start getting nervous, stressed out. Start having thoughts like, man, oh man, wish I'd break a leg so I wouldn't have to go. Man, oh man, I wish I'd get really sick, come down with something wicked so I wouldn't have to go. And by the time the carry-all, called them carry-alls back then, they're usually uh, like a Chevy Suburban, something like that, carry a lot of guys. By the time the carry-all would show up in the marina parking lot, usually about 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., to carry me off to Morgan City, Louisiana, or Galveston, Texas, or wherever, I'd be a nervous wreck. But I had a little trick up my sleeve back in those days. Something that would give me some relief for this uh, rather deplorable, stressed-out state I'd get myself worked into. Marine magazines. I've always loved them. Loved marine magazines. And when I'd take a little time, lay down in my berth on my little boat, read a story or two in a marine magazine, I'd feel better, at least for a while. Somehow, reading in the rack which is the title of the uncharted column I'm going to read for you in just a pair of seconds, would take the pressure off. Matter of fact, I always took a bunch of marine magazines with me when I went back to work, and the point was always the same, to take the pressure off when life on board got a little too much, just a little too stressful. And the point of this particular column, actually, was to pass along a solution to the stress problem that maybe the readers of Power and Motor Yacht might be having. So, hey, 
If you're feeling a tad stressed or uptight right now, just sit back, relax, and listen. As I said, the title, Reading in the Rack. There's nothing so soothing as a little free time, a snug berth, and a great marine magazine. I used to live on a sailboat, a little marina in St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, during this era of my life, I also worked at sea, for starters, on oil field boats, and then on ocean-going tugs. In any case, after a week or so on the beach, a phrase professional mariners used to describe their time ashore, I would pack up my personal effects in a big blue waterproof sea bag and just before pulling the zipper closed, zoop, toss in a bunch of recreational marine magazines. Some of them be loaded with new and used boats for sale. That would make me ready to go. And often, I wouldn't be back for months, traveling the high seas, while my slipmates kept tabs on my boat. It was a carefree sort of life, I suppose, although, like most everything else, it had its uh, trials. Winter time in the Gulf of Mexico was one of the biggies. In spite of the fronts that barrel through the Gulf on a more or less weekly basis after Christmas, pushing sea conditions that can get fairly outrageous, offshore supply vessels back then were expected to deliver drilling mud, drill pipe, and other supplies to offshore rigs, no matter what. Things could turn dangerous and life-threatening in a hurry, of course, although this was of little account, really. There were so many boats vying for jobs in the bad old days that refusing an oil company's demands meant getting fired. If you didn't comply, the tool pusher simply hired another boat and everybody lost their job. As you'd imagine, stress could be a big time factor and indeed one of the most stressful aspects of supply boat work back then entailed hovering a given boat. Most of them were at least uh, about 200 foot long under a rig's crane for hours because it was too rough to tie up without breaking very expensive mooring lines. You had to keep the vessel more or less on station, stern to the rig in rousing seas, using only the main engines, a powerful bow thruster, and if you were lucky, what we used to call a back down buoy uh, that would uh, put the boat into a situation more or less like a Mediterranean moor. Often there'd be three or four roustabouts on the heaving deck, under the crane, hooking up bundles of drill pipe or giant chunks of machinery or hoses or, you know, whatever. The life and death implications of the process were hard to ignore. But we did, often for extended periods. I have no trouble remembering the long, 
tension-ridden nights spent sitting in the wheelhouse at the aft station operating the controls while roustabouts danced around with six to eight foot waves washing through the boat's open transom and the engines and the thruster roaring like they'd been sent for. Two hours of this wasn't unusual. Four hours wasn't really extraordinary. Six or seven hours, possibly. Here's the deal, though. One of the primary things that kept me engaged, energized, and hopeful during these stints, or any of the long, difficult watches I pull while working at sea, were the magazines I stuffed into my sea bag before departing for the wild blue yonder. No matter how stressful, boring, and exhausting things became, I could always look forward to the expansive feeling of escape I got from eventually going below to my relatively quiet cabin to read in the rack, if only for a few minutes before nodding off. Of course, uh, my life is now a great deal different than it used to be. And the boating I do today is a great deal less difficult. But there are at least a couple of aspects that haven't changed much. Not only do I still own a sea bag, but before closing it up for the weekend, on board the Betty Jane 2, I invariably toss in a couple of marine magazines. Call it habit call it whatever. But to this day, reading in the rack remains one of the most promising, soothing, calming endeavors I can think of. And I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it relaxed you a little bit. And uh, it's kind of fun doing this. I might do another one. So uh, we'll... Uh, Sign off for now, Captain Bill here, and uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll do this again. Take care.